interesting folks, and a hearty welcome to our drive-in theater. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you, one that will provide several hours of pleasurable relaxation and diversion for you and your family. Did you fail to dress up for tonight's show? No tie, an old shirt and slacks, a house dress? Well, don't give it a thought. We're glad you came as you are. We just want you to enjoy yourselves. Don't forget to visit our refreshment center during the intermission or any time. You love the tasty array of snacks we have to offer. So will the youngsters. Everything is quality and mm, so good. We hope you'll make this a weekly visit. Bring the family. Bring your friends. There are always wonderful new pictures to see, delightful snacks to nibble, a gay, pleasant evening for all. Oh, a word of caution. Don't drive over 10 miles an hour in the theater area for your safety's sake. And mom or pop, go with the kids when they leave the car. We hope you have a wonderful time. Come back soon. Welcome to Dead at the Starlight Drive-In, where there is no shootings here because... Well, we don't shoot people if you bring guns here to start trouble. Let's just say, if you do expect to cause trouble with a gun, make sure the gun is nice and comfortable because you're going to be shitting that thing earlier because we're going to take that gun and shove it up your ass. (laughs) Good for you, Stephen. And there, here's our co-host, as usual, Carl. Well, the reason it's been off is last week I was in jail for a week for uh, public decency. I actually bashed somebody over the head with a ball bat for uh, talking crap to someone. And Carl's for public indecency, which means instead of wearing two bags out, he wore one. And we've taken care of that tonight. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah, I got a diaper too, but but that's a whole different story. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, here we are, another week of trailers and uh, well, and a film from a guy who died maybe twenty years before the film was even made out of his script. Yep, yep, otherwise known as Charles Beaumont. Yeah. And we're going to get to some, yeah, we'll get into that later when we move on, but we're going to get into some real dark crap about how he died and pretty much how it ties in with the script for Brain Dead. Now, I can't wait to hear that story. And, as usual, we're at Drive-In Grindhouse Movies from the trailers from 1960s, 70s, 80s, number 129.37. And if you're at the right spot, you'll be seeing a Red Band trailer. And we've never really got into what the red, green, and green bands mean. Green Band trailers mean you could show these trailers in front of every audience and it was clear to go but an R-rated trailer a red band trailer means you might see violence or nakedity 
And those were specifically for adult audiences, for R-rated films. Yeah. It says the Parley Breeders were restricted audiences only. And I do not mm-hmm. believe that the movie we're going to be watched was rated R as the first trailer. So right. get ready. Have you got it set? Okay, what was it again? One. One twenty nine thirty seven. One twenty nine thirty seven. Hold on. I had Don't it. Don't you love then... streaming with this precise laser point second? Yep. Time code. Okay, I'm there. <laughs> I'm there. And hey, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, here we go in five, four, three, two, one. Go. Red Bamp trailer. Yeah. And this is one of the most notorious gore films to come out in the year 1980, wasn't it, Carl? Yes, and that is Tom Savini, by the way. Blowing his own head off on top of a car (laughs) and the force of the shotgun blowing his ass off of the car, ass over tea kettle. Yeah. But, yeah, Joe Spinell is Maniac. What's funny is when Maniac came out in 1980, most of the reviewers said, oh, this movie's bullshit. There isn't really people like this. Uh, And then John Wayne Gacy came out and a lot in Bundy. This is a – this predated – a lot of the grungy serial, real-life serial killers that came out. And this and, one, and one thing I do want to say okay, about ahead. this film is that that actually you kind of like him. You kind of feel sorry for him. Yeah. Okay. This one's Carl. I'm going to go give me something to drink. Okay. Uh, and here we have one of my favorite films and one of the lesser-known films from uh, Gene Wilder. And this is Quackster Fortune uh, has a cousin in the Bronx. And it is a wonderful film directed by Warris Hussein. And it's just so much fun. And it's so offbeat. And Carl actually read a review of this once that said, why in the hell is it called that when we don't even see Quackster Fortune's cousin? That's because he wants to move to America with his cousin. It doesn't matter if we see the cousin or not. I know, but how far off the bat is the reviewer for even mentioning that bat? Incredibly off the bat. And the thing is, this is so charming. This is such a charming little film. And for those of you that don't know it, please, please give this a shot. It's one of his best roles. And what's funny is I love how the movie plays out as in she thinks that she's more worldly and hip than he is. And in the end... It turns out he is the smart one, you know. 
And this is one of Margot Kidder's earlier roles. Mm-hmm. Quacks your fortune found true beauty all over Dublin. It's small. Little packages. <laughs> yeah. I, I love this movie. I love it. it. Go see this film. It is beautiful. <sighs> Of course, he never did get an Oscar nomination for it, unfortunately. No. It was too odd and too strange. It really was. And it has a goofy title, too, but I couldn't think of any other title for this. No. Unless you changed his name, which, which no. Baxter Fortune is the perfect name for him. Yeah. You didn't see pictures. Yeah. 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 Oh, shit. Sorry. Oh, this is a bizarre, very lost film. Glenn and Randa. Oh, my God. I love this movie. I love this. The best way to describe this, and I'll let Carl go nuts, is... A you not uh, an American remake of Fondo and Lease. Yeah, and much and you're absolutely right about that. I never really thought it's been years since I've seen this. This is Jim McBride's first film. And I have a great love for the real hippie science fiction films. Like Idaho Transfer and this one and and, and The Boy and His Dog. I don't this you cannot find this film. It's I don't lost. know where the hell it is. It's fucking lost, lost. This trailer is pretty much the only way to prove this movie exists. Mm-hmm. And by the way, that's uh, 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 Plumpton's daughter. By the way, um, and this was uh, Jim McBride went on to direct The Big Easy, which was a big film in the eighties. But he was very weird, his his films. And what this trailer yeah. really doesn't stress is this is a post-nuke. Or do they really even say what the disaster no, is? No, they don't say it, but they imply that it's post-nuke. Yeah. And this was the first screenplay by Rudy Wurlitzer, uh, uh, which, of course, did uh, Rudy Wurlitzer did uh, Two Lane Blacktop and a number of other films, too. Yeah. Um, God forbid, Carl. God forbid what? I don't know. That's how the trailer ended. It said, God forbid. Oh, okay. God forbid. Do you know this one, Jeremy? Yeah, yeah, and I wish I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Is this one of those that Daniel Kramer just loves the desk? Probably. This is Robbie Benson's first film, by the way. 
This is one of yeah. those like teenage love things. God, just shoot me, please. This, oh my God, I know this one. This is Robbie Benson's uh, retard exploitation movie. Is yeah. Uh, well, not really retard, but he's odd. I still punch him in the nose over it. <laughs> Why do they I always had that in seventies to like he's a rebel? How are we gonna do it? Make him a fucking weirdo that everyone wants to kill. Yeah, this this is uh, you know they're trying to make it make a film that's uh, quirky and it just does not fucking work. You can't this make is, a film that's quirky. It either is or it isn't. Gotta have fucking too. Yeah. And the people who go, this is bullshit. <laughs> Baloo balloon? I've never even fucking heard of it. No shit, Sherlock. This is another one of those uh, don't make waves. Oh, okay. So this is a surfing documentary, sort of? Yeah. This is the one with Tony Curtis. Yeah, I don't know this one. Thank God. It's just another uh, one, except they tried to bring the 50s Romeo type, a.k.a. Tony Curtis, into the 60s beach movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. You certainly make interesting propositions, Mr. Prescott. I love you. I there's only one good thing about two. One good thing about this movie. Okay, it ends. <laughs> no, it's not Casanova. True. And plus, that Mickey Haggerty in it, who's pretty good. Oh, okay. Carlo recovers quickly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let let me put it this way. Are we talking slightly sexist, perhaps? Slightly? Yeah. With crotch shots. Yeah. Yeah, so the the beach movies, you know, were, were, you know, Annette Funicello and that sort of thing. Claudia Cardinal. Sharon Tate's in this. Robert Weber, oh God. Mort Saul. Mort Saul, oh my God. Yeah, but this is one of the few movies that Sharon Tate made. 
I think this was made right before she did uh, the one with Dean Martin. Right, okay. But but you know what? It's got Mort Saul. I might watch it for like that scene. I love Mort Saul. Yeah. In the birds, God help them. Well, everybody got to pay their bills. All no, right. Okay. Hot Rod Hellcat. <laughs> the Wild Ride. Okay, this one I don't know. It was Jacques Nicholson. Whatever happened to that guy? I don't know. This is one of Jack Nicholson's first films. And as you can tell by looking at it, this was a very no-budget production. And there's nothing wrong with that. Is this? I would take it this is a Corman film. I don't know if it's a Corman film or a pre-Corman film. I'm not sure. You know, uh, you know the this type of film, the Hot Rod film, was never a big thing for me. The JD film never got yeah. into those. Well, that was a little bit before your time. You were still a baby, baby then. Yeah. In the fifties. And these never played good in the drive-in. That was always. Uh, these are more indoor films, you know. Mm-hmm. Film work. Yeah, but yeah. I That's before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when seagoers when get lucky, look out. What the hell is this? Is that Carl Moulton? It's Dangerous Charters. It's like I've always said. There's a reason why we think people think that the 60s is the best, the 70s is the best. Who weren't there? You know why? Why? Because guys like me and you have nicely taken all of the great films and sifted through the dirt and the muck and put the great films out into books. Yeah. And the 200, or 200 million shitty films from the 60s and 70s, we've done our best to bury under what was left. <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, just like anything else, there are lesser-known films from the 60s and 70s, particularly the 70s, because that's my decade, that, that absolutely are gems, but nobody fucking yeah, knows. Yeah, I'm not talking but, about the gems right now. I'm talking about no, the crap. <laughs> right, but trust like me, this. there was a lot of fucking crap. Oh, God, yeah. And I could say all, you know, for me, the 70s, like most of the uh, <laughs> campus stuff, this <laughs> looks horrible. Well, Crown International. God. Oh, this is the film that uh, they chose the parody in Amazon Women in the, on the Moon, Carl. And that's Darren McGavin. Yeah. Mars. This is the one they decided to parody when they did uh, Amazon Women in the Moon. And I'm talking about the main film, you know. 
Darren McGavin, who looks burnt as shit in this film. Yeah. I'm just judging that, but basically on the spots on his back. Nick Adams. Oh, my God. I know I've seen it. But it has been years, and I mean, I'm yeah, talking probably this is what years. you would call a generic ass sci-fi movie. Yeah, and I'm not saying there's nothing. You know, there's really nothing wrong there's with nothing that. Nothing wrong with that. We need our programmers. Yeah. And look at that. They're shooting a shotgun in outer space with yeah. no gravity. How I do And more speed. Yeah. Ooh. Racing fever. Oh, guess who directed this one, Carl? You know what? It looks like William Griffey. Yes, this is a Griffey film. Remember he talked okay. about this is the one that he was very proud of? You know what? I Listen, William Griffey, you need to look see his films. Yeah. I think this is one of the few that is still uh, not found. Boom, boom. A lot of these actors are also in Death Curse of Tartu and Sting of Death. I tell you, his if you would get an album by Jerry Granahan, it is worth fucking money. Part of it is because yeah. of his work with, with Griffey. Well, you know, Griffey always had great music in his movies. Oh, absolutely. You know, you know, like a lot of these guys did. Herschel Gordon Lewis, you know. Yeah. They found local people that were really good. Well, Griffey was, like I said, in Florida, all roads lead to Griffey. Absolutely. And, and and you know what? He's still kicking, man. Amen. Still kicking. He's like 94, Coming 95. I'm pictures. This one's from the 80s. That's... Oh. This this is them trying to do an advertising parody, Carl, without any bite to it. You would okay, know I the still movie, but you do. would know the title of it. Beer the movie. Oh, okay. It's a limp dick parody. I mean, real limp. You know. See, there's a little parody you got there. A girl with a fucking beer can in her mouth. Director, uh, you guys need to throw all that. We get a bunch of guys. They work in construction. And after a hard day's work, they... Not very good. It took me like two or three minutes to realize I'd seen this. I was like, yeah. what is this? What is this? And I was like, this is not beer. Is anyone running a switch? Yeah. 
Stay away. Stay far, far fucking away. Uh, I mean, yeah. Burps is like the funniest thing in the whole fucking movie. It is horrible. Yeah. But that last shot of this movie, man, it's going to go down oh in movie hell. I am Steve, son of Ronquillo. This is Carl, son of Kafer. <laughs> Terry Gilliam, Alfred the Great. And do you remember who this started is? I know about this, okay? Yeah, go ahead. And, and Hemmings is a good, you know, but this was not, I remember seeing this on, on uh, HBO. And uh-huh. it's not bad, but it's not good either. You know, it's sort of like middle of the road. It suffers the David Michael York curse. If Michael yeah. York's in the movie, nobody. Oh. Okay. This is probably one of the most cynical World War II films you have ever seen. And my dad loved World War II films. I remember us watching this, and, he, and, and I loved it, and he hated it. And he wanted to turn it off. I said, how many times have you turned off my films? No, we're not turning this off. Great cast, directed by Sidney Pollack. Castle Keep. Burt Lancaster, who I love. Go ahead, go. Well, you know, I'm just looking. I'm, 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 okay, so Patrick O'Neill. Tony Bill, Tony who became Bill. a director as opposed to a real actor and producer. Uh, Scott Wilson. Scott Wilson. There you go. Scott Wilson. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> he's, he's, he's one of the best characters in the movie, too. And and, and I best. didn't know. Yeah, he's one of the best unknown actors. So, period. Mm. And and of course, uh, she was in a couple of Jalos. She didn't have a big career. No. This is looks like. And Peter Falk, who is the coolest fucking character in this movie, and Bruce Dern, even cooler than Bruce Dern. Goddamn! Yeah, in this movie he is. 
Well, this is around the period when Peter Falk was just whooping ass in Cassavetti. Cassavetti film. Exactly. In the 20th Century War. Probably one of Pollock's least known films, and, and and for me, it's one of the one of his best. Now, it's not the greatest film in the world, but God, I love this. And again, the reason I love this more than anything else, my dad hated it. <laughs> and so, of course, that made me love it. Yeah, you would put this in Dirty Dozen exploitation. Yeah. Okay, we're at 158.15. Do we want to do one more? Yeah, one more. This is the last trailer. Last dance. Oh, oh, hell yes. Yeah, go oh, ahead, Carl. fuck yes. <laughs> okay, one of the great cannibal movies ever. Lawrence Harvey starred and directed this right before he died. He was actually editing it on his deathbed. Uh, Meg Foster's in this, and, and Jesse Bent. And I'm going to tell you something. This is also known as Tender Flesh. Yeah. That is a cut version. You want this version. I actually bought this the year that we went to uh, Monster Bash together, you know, uh, uh, through the gray market, man. Mm-hmm. And it was this cut. The official Lawrence Harvey cut that he was working on his deathbed, I don't think that's ever been released. No, no, I don't think so either. Warner Brothers did not know what they what, what they were getting. They just wanted. No, they had no idea. I just, they just said, hey, man, make us a Texas Chainsaw Massacre ripoff. But it's not. This is this this is much more personal. This is much more character driven. This is nothing like like uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Not at all. Yeah, when I say Texas Chainsaw Massacre ripoff, I mean a meat movie. And Stuart Whitman too. I keep yeah. forgetting he's in it. It's that wig. I have seen trailers for the Tinder. I have seen both trailers for this Tinder Flash, which really tries to sell this as a horror film more than uh, this one does. Yeah. And all I can say about Meg Foster, you can never forget Meg Foster because of those eyes. Those eyes are... She iconic. was born to play an alien from outer space. Yeah. Oh, man. And Gotta watch this movie. I love yeah. it. And Fucking that's it, it for the trailers this week. This was a you week, wasn't it, Carl? <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, we went through like four of my best unknown films right there, man. God. That's and Kino Lorber, awesome. you can get get crazy for maybe fifteen bucks. Yeah, I know. And as I said, our friend uh, Dan Kramer did the uh, I know. Uh, commentary without Alan Arkish. 
And you were saying something about Richard Beaumont earlier. Go ahead. Give him a little background okay. on Richard Beaumont before we start this. Okay, so so it was actually Charles Beaumont is his name. Charles. And he was a writer uh, along the same lines as, um, uh, what's his name, Dan Curtis. And, and, and uh, not Dan Curtis, who, uh, who am I thinking of? The writer of, of um, Trilogy of Terror. Oh, anyway, Beaumont I... would... Beaumont was a writer for uh, The Twilight Zone and uh, the original, of course. And he did like five or six of the best episodes of, uh, of Twilight Zone. And, and my so favorite, the story. The, what is it? The moaning man, the crying man, or the whispering man? The, uh, the crying man. Yeah. You know, he, uh, so the story is Roger Corman was looking to, to, to do a, well, Julie something Corman for Concord. The, well, do you want yeah, to go on with the story? You know better than I am. Yeah, but Good. they felt they were looking for the scripts. I'm looking for it right now. Oh. Uh, you oh want to put it close to the bottom, you son of a bitch. Yeah. I'm looking through the whole list right now trying to get have everything set up in two different windows because I'm doing it on my uh, uh, television video box. Okay. But but the story is that that uh, they were looking for a script and there was this script that was like 20 years old and they read it like, oh, my God. This is insane. We got to do this. And that's exactly what they did. And so 20 years after the script was, was written, they did this movie, and it's called Brain Dead. It's not, it's, it's, it's not uh, dead again, okay? It's not, it's dead not alive. the Peter Jackson film. Dead alive. Dead alive. And why, Peter dead Jackson. Alive, why Brain Dead had to change its title to Dead Alive is, like I said, this had the bad luck to come out a year or two after Brain Dead, the movie we're going to be watching tonight, came out. So they uh, were ended up being screwed because of that, because the title was already in there. And uh, so they decided rather just to change the title. Because we... Mm-hmm. Cause Having the same title for different movies, hell, that happens all the time. Yeah. But because it had just been released the previous year, I think is why they, they uh, uh, changed yeah. it. But what we're going to tell you, one thing before we start I think we should tell them is hold on to your seats because you're going to be confused. You're going to be confused in a good way. You would agree with that, Stephen? Yeah. So are we ready? We are basically at no, zero, zero, zero. I'm still zero. looking for the some bitch. Oh, it's okay. It's hiding from me. It's like, ha ha, fuck you. I'm going to fuck up your fucking show's flow, you son of a bitch. Oh, there we go. 
But but this is a wonderful uh, film, and I I will say that Stephen will take the lead on this. But whenever Bud Court comes along, it's me, because I love Bud Court in this movie. And I'm at Concord Presents. That's where you are, right? Actually, I'm at zero zero zero. I can go to Concord. Okay. Wait, let me go. Let me go back. Okay. Okay, I'm paused there. Okay, okay yeah. good. It's on Shout Factory TV for free. If you don't like that dirty fucking word called commercials, that's why we don't touch Tubi on this show. Because yeah. ugh, we have fuck commercials. <laughs> exactly. And get there, get the zero on it, and we're getting ready to start in five, four, three, two, one. Go, Carl. Go. Yeah, this there is Concord. This is the company after uh, Roger Corman left uh, New World. New World Pictures and decided to go straight to go do a straight to video company because he realized that was the future. Bill Pullman. Man, why didn't Bill Pullman Bill have Paxton. a bigger career? Yeah, Bill Paxman, Bud Bill Court. Bud Court. Yeah, why didn't Bill, Paul, Bill Pullman have a bigger career than he did? He was not no. that bad of an actor. No, George Kennedy too, by the way. If you want to look at Bill Pullman's best role, look up uh, "Ruthless People," where he plays basically the stupidest man in the world. Yep. Now, Catherine Hardwick, which was the uh, associate producer on this, she yeah. actually turned out uh, to do a film called 13 uh, in the 2000s, uh, late 2000s. Oh, that was really good. No. Well, no, it Don't was lie. well received. It, it was, was well received. Charles Beaumont and Adam Simon. Produced by, produced by Jules Corman. Corman. That's uh, Roger's daughter. Directed by Adam Simon. And unfortunately, he hasn't done much. He's only done about two or three films. Yeah. And I love, even from the beginning, look at how the hallways are made. It's even, even the hallways are made to disorient you. Mm Mm-hmm. Infinity. 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 Eight. Yeah. That's a creepy just idea as is. Yeah. Homeboy's having too much fun. Yeah. Not quite. Right. Going to the stats, get to more class three. Class three. Yes, sir. And yeah, I love that. 
and this uh, this is setting up that he's doing like experiments on the brain about motor function. Right. So so I'm wondering if there's a brain called Abby Normal here. No. <laughs> And you know it's going to drop. And how do you like it? He's already treating the brains as human. You know, yep. Bergovich. The brain is a living record of a life. A journey taken. Individual, yeah. And when he wrote this, uh, Beaumont, Carl, mm-hmm. was suffering from a, a cross between senility and, well, I got my phone right here. I'm going to look it up. Do, 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 thank you, phone. This is important because it fits into the Themes in this movie in a scary way. Okay. Already, you know, I mean, if you know Beaumont's work, this is way different than, than what what I knew of him beforehand. Yeah. Okay, here we go. In 1963, when Beaumont was 34 and overwhelmed with numerous writing commitments... He began to suffer the mysterious effects of a mysterious brain disease, which seemed to age him rapidly. His ability to speak, concentrate, and remember becoming erratic. This condition might have been uh, related to the spinal meningitis he had as a child. His friend and early agent, Forrest J. Ackerman, believed that Beaumont suffered simultaneously from Alzheimer and Pick's disease. Mm-hmm. The brain and its condition, whether it's hot, cold, moist, or dry. How does that really fit in with what we're seeing in this film, Carl? Oh, well, absolutely. She's kind of cute. In an 80s movie. Yeah. yeah. This is what? Oh, well, 90s, is, actually. 90. This is one of those uh, transitional films. Oh, and there he is, looking sleazy as ever. And he's wonderful in this. Oh, God. Well, when, when isn't he one not wonderful? I can't think of it. Yeah. You know, and, and, and of course, uh, yeah. you know, he's, he was a big friend friend of uh, Joe Lansdale, who we both know and have had well, on the podcast. Well, he's a big friend too. to everyone he ever met. But fellow Texan. And, you know, with, with, and, with, and how do you think Roger Corman got uh, Bill Paxton, really, when his star was rising as big as it was about this time? Oh, absolutely. How do you think he got him? I don't know. Well, he was working for Roger Corman. He did the set designs on 
uh, Galaxy of Terror. Oh, okay. And that's where the story I really didn't say. Him and uh, James Cameron stole the Unita Miracle Picture sign off of the Roger Foreman lot. Here's where the minimal plot of the movie that it is just kicks in. How creepy does Bill Paxton just come off just by sitting there with the way that he's talking? Yeah. Well, you know, you're, you're talking about one of the best actors out there. I mean, yeah. he's, isn't he the only one that be killed by a predator, an alien, and um, who, what's the third one? And um, a Terminator. Terminator, thank you. Yeah. Only because uh, uh, Lance Henderson's never fought a Terminator. I mean, Predator. Right. Oh, Jesus. Okay, you you know this is not going to turn out well. Yeah, I love the way... Yeah, <laughs> I love I love this. Where did this come from? What? The 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 opera singer, and just you know, there's just nice little touches like that in this film. Yeah, they try to distract you. But I find some of that actually rather comical. Yeah. I know it's nice that they actually, you know, make it alive. Okay. Like in our favorite movie that we watched. Okay, here week. we go. Okay, here's my go buddy. Ahead. Here he is, my buddy Court. This is pretty much the way Bud Court's acting is pretty much how the disease uh, affected Beaumont. I mean, I could just see, you know what I mean. He really could tell that that was happening to him, so he uh, documented it in probably the only way he knew how. 
And could you see them actually doing this back in the 60s as a movie? No. I don't. I don't. And I'm telling you, Court, as good as, as both Paxton and Pullman are, Court really just fucking steals this movie for me. And, of course, Bud Court was in Harold and Maude and Brewster McCloud, so... And and actually showed up in a small part in uh, um, Steve Sissou, The Life Aquatic. Yeah. This is when the movie starts getting screwy already, you know. Yeah. This movie may be even more impenetrable than the nice configuration, and that's saying something. Oh, yeah. This was one of those I kept trying to show people in the 90s are like, no, 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 thank you. No, no, no. Yeah. Well, you know what? You were right in, tro- in making that attempt. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know about this film until much later. In fact, it was you that got me into this film. This had uh, gone under my radar. Paranoia. Yep. Oh, look. There's another... Uh, infinity. Infinity symbol. Or, more importantly, a Mobius loop. Yep. Which means everything starts where it begins as it ends. And it all... It's, yeah, Mobius ship is, is basically a... Physical representation of infinity. Yeah. He's smoking, Carl. Oh my God. Yes, I know. Uh, uh, Did you hear what he just said, Carl? Yeah. That comes into later. Absolutely. See, already the paranoia is sleeping, still slipping in. Don't you believe your own theories? Afraid to put him to the test? No. 
It's like the devil over his shoulder here. Yeah. Damn, ethics. Mm-hmm. You see, in a sense, you already were created. You There's research is corporate funded these days. I mean, it's either us or the Department of Defense. Does it mean that you own me? kids this is where it starts to get weird what do you mean starts it's already gotten weird but yeah but I mean this is where it really goes off the fucking rails yeah Take it by the normalcy, boys and girls. We're about to hit the weird. We're about to hit the insanity train. (laughs) (laughs) Conklin. Conklin Mattress Company, to sleep, pretends to dream. James Raffrey, paranoid schizophrenic. 1929-1976. What happened in 1976, Carl? Uh, that was the bicentennial. In the year Charles Beaumont died. Yep. And he was born in 1929. This. Okay, from here on in, anything that me and Carl say is just postulating. Because we don't know shit. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. There it is again. Infinity. Washington, I'm waiting. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. 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 I'm sor
We need more space. You know, I love all of this shit. But what we need to do is put all of these. I tell you what, Mike. Probably use most of them. That's all I really need are the endocrine ones. But I'll make by the pub. Charge as much as you want. I'll run. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uncle Sam's taking it to task for this one. Like I said, we're already getting into paranoid territory, man. Individuals. Government experiments. Unique. You're not going to grind them up into your brain shakes. All right. No problem. Just make sure that you and... Brain shake smears. Shakespeare, she sleeps, it's a dance to dream. Oops. <laughs> nice. Well, shit. And she was a lot over in the 90s. That's Patrice Sharp enough. Yeah. i got to see what she was in. Hold on. Well, keep going. I'm just going to IMDb. Yeah. And what's weird is you never do get to see them in a normal situation. No. You only get to see his home life after the incident. I don't know why you're so upset. I think you'd be excited. I don't want to rush into anything. Mm-hmm. Poking around in people's brains as long as I've known you. Who's rushing? Where are you here to dread? He was a full fellow at the Institute for Advanced Studies when he was 14. I'm still reading it. Tom Swift, with science. So what happened to him? Tom Swift? Billy Hall? Oh. They said he went nuts. He killed his wife, two kids, and three research And right now we're definitely getting the backstory of Halsey. And, right. Uh, She's still acting. After a 12-year uh, hiatus, she's back. She was in a lot of Law and Order. She was, uh, she's all that. Uh, Kiss the Sky. Uh, lots of TV shows. K2. RoboCop 2. Oh, she was in Shakedown. She was in Shakedown. Yeah. And she's in Manhunter, too. Do you remember that with people making all those theories about the picture on the back of the camel cigarette? Mm Mm-hmm. 
I've
in the best possible case, he may completely recover. If so, he'll probably remember the numbers you want. Or that's all they care about. Yeah, that's all they right. care about. And in the worst case? A clean slate. It could completely wipe his brain. Uh, please proceed, Dr. Martin. You have our undivided attention. I actually think some of this was, was uh, you know, Hannibal came out much later. But there's a lot to this. Yeah, and plus, this is practical. Yeah. Not CGI. Yeah. Why are you at the lakeside? And of course, here is the Manchurian candidate version. Yeah. You know this had to be a tribute to it. No, absolutely. How do you like that they use that? One of the great brainwashing scenes in movie history. You know how much I love the Bad Jury Candidate. Yeah. God, yeah. This is just so fucking trippy, isn't it? Yeah. Why does more people not want to watch? Love this? How come more people do not know this movie? I don't know. I don't. I I think because it is just so odd. How do you know? I mean, oh God, you know, yeah. I, I'm, one the, I'm one of the people that run ISF, right? And I've posted yeah. this a couple times in ISF, and maybe I get yeah. three replies with four hundred thousand people. And I keep saying, and... you gotta watch this. You gotta watch this. You gotta watch this. God. Just relax. That is that is not nice to see. <laughs> It's not supposed to be. I know. And this was not ever released in theaters. This was direct to video. Sadly. By the way, Mr. Holdy, what do you do for a living? 
sure who that is, but god damn, this is creepy as fuck. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, if this was written in 63 or 64 in the 60s, there's no way this could have been done back then. Nobody would have yeah. touched this. And nobody did. This was just another script in the script files of Roger Corman's uh, large one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beaumont would get paid by the script, not wherever it got made or not, you know. Right. Look, his hands are starting to shake. Yep. Very disconcerting here. What the fuck is going on? We don't know. We never have. No. So you think that maybe this is a a nightmare or you don't know, but it's not that simple, kids. No. It isn't even close to being that simple. And the only reason that the script breeder brought this to her is because it was written in onion skin. You know, because I thought it was so weird that a script that old it was written on onion skin. Yeah. Explain to people what onion skin are, Carl, when I talk about Basically, that kind of paper. It's a very, very thin piece of paper that um, you use basically to copy what you were doing before mimeograph. Yeah. Yen. 
Oh, and look, doesn't that look like the tool that he used? They use for uh, lobotomies, the Y? Yes. <laughs> That's another uh, problem Beaumont had once his illnesses started kicking in. Mm-hmm. Is that he was a heavy drinker. Right. Okay, one thing about this gentleman that directed it, Adam Simon. Yeah. Okay, so he directed Carnosaur, too, which is actually really good, by the way. Yeah. But you know what else he directed? He directed a documentary that you love. What? The Typewriter, The Rifle, and The Movie Camera. Awesome. <laughs> no wonder the hall at the first of the film looked like Shock Corridor. Yes. See, look at this. <laughs> By the way, you're actually in college. Do I know you? How sad are these scenes now knowing that about Beaumont? Yeah. Oh, you like that line, Carl. He's channeling the ghost of Oscar Wilde. I love your idea for clinics within the communities. Have you a name for them? Got the busy marketing revving up their engines. How about attitude adjustment How does that grab you? Oh. <laughs> attitude adjustment centers. Hey, Carl, I'm going to schedule for one. Schedule you for one next week. No, no thanks. Okay. You know, you know we got to say something about George Kennedy here. Yeah. George Kennedy was one of those actors that was in everything, and he didn't mind whatever he was in. And when when he was in it, he did a great job. Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. Yeah. Um, you know, um, just, just great actor. Yeah. Now look, look at Pullman, and and, and how his uh, uh, persona has changed here. Yeah, he's just another yuppie. Oh, <laughs> the purple people. <laughs> You know, with, with knowing what's going on with with Beaumont at this time, and and that you can see, yeah, you know how sad this is. Yeah. 
You know, again, that's a uh, that's a nod to the Twilight Zone. That's one of the ones that Beaumont wrote. The Hitchhiker. The Hitchhiker. That's one of his most done one stories too. Yeah, absolutely. Even up the Creep Show too. Yeah. I mean, Bill Pullman is great, but he just never did get those chances because he had those pretty boy looks to him, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, he was in one of the best David Lynch films. Oh, God, yeah, Lost Highway. He was so fucking good in that. No, he did okay. He did I okay. think uh, David Lynch said that he uh, that he picked uh, Bill Pullman because of this to be in Lost Highway. Yeah, and I can see a lot of of, of maybe not similarities, but themes in both. Yeah. Here's one of the most surreal moments in the whole film, right here. Yeah. And how Bill Pullman pulled this off, I do not know. But he does. How you doing? Paranoid schizophrenia. Yeah. Or to quote one of our Okay, if if the people that are watching this are not thinking, what the fuck is this? What the fuck is going on? That's one of the reasons we picked this movie as a yeah, WTF. What the fuck? Yeah, this is a what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Out of all four films, this may be the most what the fuck of all four. I think so. I actually would agree with that. I do think that our next next week is, is rather what the fuck too, but in a different way. If you don't know your 70s, uh, blah, 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 blah. But we'll get into that. On those next week, bring a big dose of Heineken. <laughs> yeah, because it's Carl's choice. Hey, was it the problem, huh? I, I, didn't, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I didn't. Of course, you didn't do it. That's how I handle it. Okay. See, look, where the fuck are we now? Yeah, exactly. Where, what, when, how, what the fuck? This is a movie, you better have a problem, because 
If you walk out of the room one second in this motherfucker, you walk back in, you're like, what the fuck is this movie? I was watching this movie. <laughs> So that actor is Nicholas Pryor. Uh Okay, and I'm checking to see what he's done. Because I know I've seen him. Yeah. Oh, my God, he's in Halloween Kills. Doctor Sleep. Uh, Let's not bring up Halloween Kills on this show. We only talk about decent movies. Okay, I'm just saying what he was in. Collateral damage he was in? Murder at 1600? Oh, that's right. He was a bad guy along with the... He was the second bad guy in Murder at 1600. Where I know him from. Yeah. This movie needs to be remastered because this print they're showing on Shout is from a VHS master, I can tell. Yeah, absolutely. Into another part called And in your dream, Holmesy becomes your patient. We get 20 million copies of Halloween and Halloween 2 and 3, but we can't get one good of this. Yep. <laughs> the pencils. Normally, a movie would end right here. Not this. Yeah. One. Not even close. No. You think you can behave yourself? (laughs) 
Yeah, this movie keeps getting weirder and weirder and weirder, and it doesn't go back. Most films like this, at the last finish line, would give you a logical, rational explanation for this, for what's going on. This one is like, you want logical, you want rational? Uh -uh, Uh-uh, uh-uh. We ain't going there. And that's why I love it. And there's no clues on how to read this, too, is there, Carl? No, there isn't. And in and, and rewatching this, I did not watch this before, you know, to prep myself. I have seen the film before. Yeah. <laughs> but but it, it, it's very, very, you know, you cannot get a handle on this. And there are very few films that I can say that are this surreal. Oh, did you hear that? Did you you see what uh, thing? Uh, We brought in Lovecraft in aspects, damn it. He said, I got my degree from Miskatonic University. Yep. My office is in the Beaumont building, 8th floor. I have no scars, I have no birthmarks, and I know where the waste paper basket is. And, of course, the Beaumont building. Let's not forget that. Yeah, the Beaumont building. This does feel like something someone, a movie that a schizophrenic would write, doesn't it, (laughs) Yeah, no, no, actually, you're right. I just wish we had Adam Simon here so he could uh, tell us what parts that he added and took away from the original Beaumont script. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I can't believe it. This is an interesting scene because the doctor here Shoot the doctor. Get me out of here. Look. No, Jim the trained administrator Maybe someday, Mr. Martin. Okay, this, okay, my favorite scene is coming up. My favorite scene is coming up. The blue, the blue room. Blue roses. 
Now, look at this wall and what's happening. They copy this in Dark City. They yeah. copy this in Dark City. Except they didn't use your name in Dark City. Right. That flew over your head, didn't it, Carl? Actually, that was a joke or bad one because what was written on the wall over a million times was the word pussy. Yeah. I mean, you can just look at this and tell how many movies this influenced, you know. A oh, filmmaker's movie, as they call it. And this scene right here with her taking him into the closet. Uh, don't look into the basement. <laughs> well, I, never mind. I actually, shot I corridor, that. shot corridor. The scene where yeah, he absolutely. gets uh. I just love that sense of death that, like, Fuller used. This whole thing with the doors and going into different areas is like going into different areas of the mind. Yeah. Like now he's in like a medieval insane asylum. Yeah. Going back to the Poe films that he wrote for Edgar, for uh, yep. Corman. Just hanging around. One point and, and notice his suit, how his suit is disheveled and... So the only logical explanation is that this is all because of the accident that we saw. But that's yeah. not the reason. Little that's bit not of the reason. Ooh, oh, shit. And... Here we go. Thank <laughs> you. 
<laughs> Best fucking line in the whole movie. I'm going to hide in the closet. I, he's just so good in this. So odd. Uh, so everyone wonderful. is. Everyone I know, I know, but it. you know I'm gonna I'm gonna just bubble over with, with Fun Court because I think yeah. he's one of the most underrated fucking actors I've ever seen. Again. Yeah. <laughs> Generally, you see the dream sequence maybe at most twice, right? You know, in uh, certain movies, we say, you need to watch this movie on drugs. This one? Yeah. No, don't. <laughs> no. You might not come back. I don't give a damn what drug you on. You might not come back. <laughs> Infinity Loop. This is another infinity, uh, another Mobius Loop, Carl. Yeah. <laughs> oh, how do you like that line? Yeah. How do you like that line? Are we doing this now? Great line. <laughs> this is one of the creepiest scenes in the movie. And think about the little short film that Cronenberg did. Think Which about one? it. Which one? The one where he's dead and he's looking at his oh, dead yeah. body. I can guarantee you David knows this one. So is he dead? Is he dead? Is he a ghost? Is, you know, what fuck? No, no. This right here, I had to remember what he said earlier in the film. Right. Don't open that door. What was it? Don't open the door. Because you might... And they've done this too, where 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 the dead person isn't dead yet. Swallow. 
Well, we're back at the Beaumont building, right? Yeah, we are. Yeah. Halsey. Dr. John Halsey. See that? His office. Yep. He is... Is he Halsey? I don't know. So I have a question for you. Yeah. What would you consider this film? Is it science fiction? Is it yes. horror? Yeah. What is it? It's what psychological. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they said that a lot of the people, like the guy who uh, figured out the comfort, the the formula to create that atom bomb, went insane. Mm-hmm. and you'll find out. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't either. Oh. 
Exactly. That's the whole point. By the way, that guy is actually the director of the film. Cool. John Q. Public. <laughs> you look like you got you bit all over here. You look like you got you bit all over here. <laughs> Yeah. How do you like how robotic he's acting? Absolutely. Yeah. Everything in this movie is deliberate for a reason. It's just not our job to know why. Charter alone. It's just bad dream. I'm not dreaming. It's it's not a dream. Don't try to explain the movie, man. I'm already behind. It hurts already. Please, God, stop. And now he's in the surgery. 
I have a theory that might make this make perfect sense, but I'm not going to say it to after the credit. And okay. we're about to go off the live feed in five minutes. By 1030, this and the wrap-up will be up and posted, folks. Sorry. Wait, let me try. Can you hear me? Alton, can you hear me? Okay. Press. Can you hear me? It's me, Jim. And now you are. You're a motherfucker. Out of here, you can be wherever you want to be. It's not a whole new life. You want to be neurologist? Fine. You've got seconds. Seconds. Yeah. Yeah. My ass is on the line too. I could lose my job. This movie references on a lot of the paranoid conspiracy, the great. Paranoid right, conspiracy films.
just relax. I'm a bit nervous myself. I never operated on another brain. And just didn't want to. I Here comes one of my favorite creepy moment of the movie coming up. Yeah. If you notice, there's his wife, there's Bill Paxton. Yep. Halsey behind him. Walking behind him, there's Bud Court. Right. Uh, Adam Simon said the biggest problem that he had is that he couldn't figure out a way to make uh, the prosthetic for this effect fit his head properly. Yeah, you could see it sort of Frankensteined in. Yeah. But the effect is glorious. Court said this was his favorite scene in the movie. You know why? Why? Because he didn't have to put up any makeup and shit. Yeah. (laughs) This is... I know it's fake, but I don't care. Oh... And what happens when he does just, ah, oh, what the fuck? Uh, the butterflies. Yeah. Actually, they were supposed to be like a whole bunch of butterflies flying out of there. But by the time they got the thing open, they were pretty much... Uh, dead. <laughs> dead, Yeah. Remember, uh, like in uh, Joe R. Lansdale's story uh, about the Cadillac, not from Detroit. The souls were... uh, uh, Butterflies. Mm Mm-hmm. As we just seen to the last 90 so minutes. <laughs> well, goddamn. What in the fuck is this guy mopping up? And that's part of it. Is it real? And there's his soul. Oh, God. (laughs) I think this will be interesting. God damn, it's good. Yeah. But another way to make this make sense is everything that 
goes through his head is everything that he remembers before the accident getting jumbled up because of the brain damage due to the accident. Right. But that sort of simplifies it too much, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. And this was basically released on VHS, got great reviews from all of the genre press, but no one fucking rented it or watched it. And that's a that breaks my heart. Absolutely. And it's another another film where there's just so many good things about it. And, I, and, and of course, I'm going to say Bud Court. But how many films has Bud Court been in where he's great? And maybe it's not a great film. But that's true of every actor here. Die laughing. Yeah. <laughs> Even in Electric Dreams, he was great. Yeah. Well, yeah, this is a film... Oh, and this is another one I should put the warning at first. Well, no, this and I don't give a fuck about the warning because even if you listen to us, you'd still be like, what the fuck are they talking about? Yeah. I mean, I've seen this maybe five or six times and I still don't know what the fuck is going on. Well, you know, I, I think the, the, the easy thing is to say that when... When he had the accident at the beginning, everything else yeah. was just a dream. You know, but there, it's more to it than that. Yeah. Especially because you're still you... trying to figure out what the the whole point of him doing this, who's Holsey, who's not, fuck is going on. And they do a great job with that. Yeah, and plus knowing how Beaumont died and stuff. He was basically oh, writing a script that shows how he sees the world. Yeah. One of the few bad things about that movie is the last song that we heard over the credits. It kind of. Hey. Also. Yeah. They did. This is new. This is New Horizons. You don't expect right. great. That Concord New Horizons, they never were made known for putting up great movies. They were known putting up basically tits and ass slasher films, and then this right. fucking came out. Man, like, where the fuck did this come from? Seriously. Uh, yeah. Well, like I said, they were like digging through script ideas, you know, cleaning out the offices, and then they found this onion screen. He's like some blah 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 Beaumont guy, and he's like, "What?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great film. Great, great film. Great, I, would, I would say the best film that Concord ever put out. At. <laughs> uh, one of the two best. Okay, what's the other one? Carnosaur. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> the movie course, that in its yeah. The movie in its first week out had a higher per screen average than Jurassic Park. Yeah. 
And to this day, I will say that Carnosaur is, is better than Jurassic Park. And of course, Vicky just much. Like, no, no, no. Vicky loves Jurassic Park, and so do most people. I know, but I was expecting y'all, you know, I'm like, this is a motherfucker that made Jaws and you made this shit? Yeah. Only reason I went to see Jurassic Park because it was the first movie ever in digital sound. And being right. a sound geek. Which you definitely are. Yeah. I was like, I gotta hear it, but yeah. Next week is uh, the finale, and that is Caper Told Me To. <laughs> yes, that's because I'm God, okay? Or a demon. I could be a yeah. demon, too. Yeah, I remember God told me when to. uh, God Told Me To hit video. Uh, the video store rented it from and said, Warning. If you are of a religious disposition, this film may upset and disturb or anger you. And that was the guy that ran the video store who put that sticker on there, not on the poster. <laughs> well, you, we won't go into it. We'll just say that there are murders and everybody says God told me to. Uh, and you have to figure out why. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, also, that we worship at the altar of Richard Lynch. <laughs> yeah, and this is the film that pretty much everyone considers to be nowadays Larry Cohen's masterpiece. It certainly wasn't considered that back in the day. Oh, no. Because uh, people, start... people who... Yeah. What I was, what I was going to say is that people who... The reviewers that watched it then, like, basically it was... What the fuck is that? You know, it's too strange of a hybrid. And and, and that's the beauty of it. Started to get uh, requests for college screenings and him to talk about his films in there. He was shocked that every one of them all wanted God told me to. Yeah. Yep. You know, I, I was doing the college films from 75 to 79. God told me to came out in 76. I tried to get it in 79, but couldn't do it. You know, we're 78 actually into 79. Uh, you just and, tried and to get Demon, you probably would have had a better chance. Yeah. Yeah, but but uh, it's it's a favorite film of mine. And yes, there's a lot of religious content so be afraid you're going to church sort of kind of next week the church of kafer and the, the, and after we wrap up what the fuck month it's going to be a special two-week joe r lansdale festival with two which with the only two films that i know that was made out of his work and that will be the very, 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 very underseen, cold in July. And we're closing out the month with the one and only Bubba Hotep. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, two great films. And and, and uh, we both love Joe Lansdale. And, and yes, there have been... TV shows based on there was Happen Leonard TV show, 
and 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 Joe's a producer. He he produced a film called uh, the uh, the Pale Door, uh, but that which was actually good. written by his son, which is yeah. really good. Actually. And that's on Shutter. You might want to check that one out. And that's another yeah, one we ain't gonna say shit about. Is that Joe R. Lansdale produced it? Watch it. We ain't spoiling exactly. shit. So so. Uh, Stephen, I'm wondering if I could just do a little plug for what we're doing tomorrow at, at Deviant Legion. Oh, you mean about your crimes of the future on Deviant Legion? Oh, sorry. I don't know yes. why that popped in my head. <laughs> so tomorrow on Deviant Legion, which you can also find at Block Talk or, or go to uh, our uh, Facebook page, which is Follow Me, which is Carl Kafer, uh, we are going to do a redux on uh, Stephen, uh, on, on David Cronenberg's Crimes of the Future with very special guest Stephen Lack, who was there at the New York City premiere this past Friday. Uh, Stephen Lack, if you don't know, uh, was the star of Scanners and is a very, very, very good friend of, of, of David. And I contacted Stephen and said, hey, you want to do like a 30-minute show and tell us all about it? And he said, yes, he did that today. So we are going to do that tomorrow. So please join us at Deviant Legion uh, with our redux of Crimes of the Future and the New York City premiere with Stephen Lack. And Thanks. I want to see that uh, movie. So. And that is me and Carl's number one most wanted to see film this summer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep, looking forward for it. And thank you guys nope. again for coming out to the Starlight Drive-In. And always remember that the drive-in will never die because it will always be in our hearts. Good night, everybody. Good night. Thank you, Stephen, for letting me on. Really appreciate it. Good night, everyone. Da, 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 da. Good night, sweetheart. Where is Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. I hate to leave you, but I really must say, oh, good night, sweetheart. Good night. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. I hate to leave you. I really must say, oh, good night, sweetheart. Good night.